everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. Hey, this is a special, well, it's not really special, but it's a different episode because we're talking about just kind of fashion chit chat. We did the last one on the, the collections for Autumn Winter 23. So I don't know, people liked it. So that's that's pretty cool. And we always talk about this kind of stuff anyway, just regular on the phone. So I figured, yeah, why not just do kind of a roundup of what we're thinking about or what's been going on and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Are you excited? Yeah, this is pretty cool. Um it's like a nice no break, but it's it's a cool thing to do um in between films and stuff, you know, which is kind of the same format and like Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it gets kind of uh yeah monotonous just watching movies and i'm just living in kind of a fantasy world but i do listen to a lot of you know sociological type you know podcasts and like read articles that i have opinions on that i you know that i'm like oh yeah i was just talking about that with jai i should really do an episode on that so yeah i figured i mean i don't want to commit to saying we'll do something once a month but if there's something that's going on that we're just like hey let's talk about it then we'll just talk about it (laughs) So yeah, and I feel like this month, even just this the past two weeks, the past week, it's mm-hmm. been quite eventful. So it's true. There, there's been a lot going on, just in pop culture, regular pop culture, like just yeah. There's just which kind of bleeds into fashion, which is cool. Um, so I just I decided to split it up in three kind of chapters of kind of like what to focus on. And, uh, but before I get into that, make sure you sign up for the fucking Patreon because (laughs) it's really cool. And there are two tiers, $3 and $5 a month. And there's a shit ton of episodes on there. TV shows. We just did the Wolf of Wall Street, which was fucking wild. And yeah, I mean, there's a ton of shit on there. We did Troop Beverly Hills and Girls, two episodes of Girls. And we're just, yeah, talking more TV and fashion and documentaries and all that stuff. So, yeah, the link's in the notes. So join up for that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, please leave a review on Spotify and Apple. I really, I love everyone who listens. I totally get it if it's really annoying to write a review. But honestly, just tap five stars on Apple or Spotify. I mean, it's really not hard. (laughs) I need more reviews. Honestly, just write, like, two lines. Yeah. You don't Great have show. To, to write an essay, you know, just like I find reviews, maybe it's just me, but I do think that a lot of people out there like me who would listen to something, make the decision to listen to a show based on reviews. Like, I do really think they help. And I, I find it interesting to read the reviews of shows that, like, both I like and, and don't like. Uh, because they tend to be quite spot on for the most part, except obviously we had a horrific one. I know, but that just... was an anomaly. That was but just then, like someone being bitchy. Like, I used to listen to to like another show that no longer um it it, it doesn't it stopped they stopped in November last year, but I can't remember what it was called something in fashion or like not in fashion. I don't know, and there was a review very similar to the one they left us and and she used the word vapid as well <gasps> oh really so you think it's like a bot or something it just sounded like a hater as well it was very much like oh please this girl is super dumb and entitled i have no time they both sound vapid i was like hmm this sounds oh. very familiar 
I don't know. It's just funny. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, thankfully, we haven't gotten another one. So, no, yeah, please I, leave us positive reviews. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, if you like the show, just be like, hey, this is fun, cool, light show, whatever, do you know? Yeah. Or, I, I find stuff helpful, especially if it's, like, constructive. But you're just going to be mean and call us dumb, then obviously that's not very constructive. Then as I, as I famously quote Kurt Cobain in... The Nirvana Live and Loud performance when someone screamed in the audience, "You suck!" and he goes, "Then why are you here?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I should just I should make a sound clip uh, and find that because yeah, why are you here? I mean, there are literally a billion shows to listen to or watch or read a book or something <laughs> to do something else with your time. Then why are you here? So yeah, I find that really. I never listen. I never write any reviews on anything I don't like. I mean, that's just a waste of my time. So, I, I don't get do, it. But they're, like, constructive. Like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, this place sucks, you know? Like, I, I find, like, because we stay in a lot of Airbnbs, for example. Oh, okay, that's so different. helpful. Like, sometimes you book a place that's, like, really beautiful and great location, but you have no idea that the people in that building or next door are, like, party animal so there's constant music so oh that's true do you know what i mean or like yes it's beautiful but actually they have bugs or the street that's on is quite loud and they oh, have like, okay you know stuff like that you wouldn't know by photos do you know mm-hmm. so same with restaurants i'm sorry but yeah i do think it's important to like you know like I don't know. It's just helpful. I don't think it's important. I think it's just helpful when it's constructive. If you dislike something, you know, a lot of people are picky and they write things like, the waiter wasn't very friendly. I hate this place. I'm like, well, that's crazy, you know? Yeah, that's a little bit much. Yeah, I've had that, yeah. Yeah, when it's about the food and stuff, I I want to know. Um, That's true. I guess this really just proves our difference in that I am a literal homebody and I rarely venture into places I haven't been before. So I think that I just don't, I don't go out to eat that much or go places that I don't know. So I don't, I am a very like creature of habit. So I guess I, but if I was going to a lot of different new places and like Airbnbs, that is different. Like that I would want to write a review for. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you go to a really like, I don't know, Michelin star restaurant and it's really expensive. I kind of want to know, like, I want to know what people are thinking. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that makes sense. I've, I've never been to a Michelin star restaurant. So I, I mean, I'm a cheap date. I like Taco Bell. So it takes very little <laughs> for me to be Im- like, not impressed, but I do have a, a nice palette, you know, just because I just mentioned Taco Bell, which I would love a sponsorship. Um, but if, if I do, I do appreciate good food, but I can also tell you if I was disappointed by something or I was expecting more like that place that I, I'm not going to out them now because I had a horrible I mean, oh, this I sounds like a horrible, yeah. this sounds like a first world problem, but whatever. Um, I had a horrible brunch, but I was expecting way more. And I, I mean, I ha- I could write a novel or like a short essay on why I was so disappointed because I, re- I read reviews of people saying that this was so great. And I was really confused as to, did I go to a different place? Was this just me? The other two people I, were, I was with, thankfully, had the same opinion I did. I wasn't, I wasn't alone in it. I was like, okay, I thought I was going crazy. And I said, yeah, look at all these reviews, 4.8 out of 5. Like, I don't, that's the other thing, too, is some reviews, you're like, I don't know how these people came to this. 
or maybe I had a wrong day or something. <laughs> like I didn't go to the same place you all did. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But either way, leave us a good review. <laughs> all that yeah, to say, please. leave us a good review. Exactly. Um, and also I would love just opinions. I mean, even if people really like the show, but I want to know more of what else do you want to hear about? I mean, are you totally fine with the structure, with the letterbox list, how it's going, where you can, I add things to what we're going to do. I don't have it in an order. It just kind of happens. Or do you want more of these episodes? Do you want more of these kind of, you know, free form chat, whatever. I also wanted to do, we're talking about fashion specifically, but there's a lot of things going on in the music industry that I'm really into right now. Like the recent Billy Corgan interviews I've been obsessed with because he's really opening up about a lot of different things that I just, you know, I really like to hear him talk. You know, he's just, even if I don't agree with everything that he says, I just, he's a really great interviewer. And then there are a lot of podcasts going around. There's the 60 songs. It's like 60 minutes or songs of the nineties, whatever that Spotify has. It's a ringer. And they just did smells like teen spirit and it's with Courtney love, which I haven't listened to yet, but I would like to talk about it. So maybe more of these like kind of fashion and then music chat episodes is maybe all of us can get with jewels and we can talk about like what's going on in music and um, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's cool. But yeah, let's dive into uh, my first section was just like general fashion news and pop culture. What is, what's on your brain? Do you have anything that's on your brain specifically? Yeah. So I feel like the TikTok ban in Montana is oh, yeah. really interesting because I'm, um, well, we, we've been hearing about it for a while, you know, that the US like planned or plans to ban TikTok. And obviously mm-hmm. once they started, I, I, <laughs> we, we've been talking about our opinions on, of TikTok off air, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I personally don't care for tiktok i i don't really for me it just doesn't it doesn't bring me any joy like i i just it feels weird to me like i don't care about funny videos or memes or mm-hmm. like it, it i just doesn't you know what i mean yeah um, oh i totally get it i totally get it i i definitely understand like a lot of people find it like funny or like they're in it for like uh like creators and stuff and you know but I, I don't feel that anything is that interesting on there. So like, but I do feel really bad for those people who made a career kind yeah. of, or not a career, but a living out of TikTok, you know, and this is their main platform. And uh, yeah, I mean, that must really suck for, for a lot of content, content creators. But what, what are your view, views um, on it? Let's see. Well, I enjoy TikTok. I have two accounts that I actually update. One is for the podcast, so go follow that. It's just basically clips of the different movies. I don't have, like, we're not on video or anything like that, but but I have clips for the movies, and then I have the, the Fashion Grunge Library account, um, which is just my book collection. So I'm not really... I'm not... Obviously, I'm not... Neither one of us are in the position of, like, content creator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, like, front-facing, talking, and giving my opinions like this on TikTok or anything. But um, I like... I do use it as means of like communication with like, literally sometimes I don't text our friend Jules. I won't text her for like weeks at a time, but we're just sending videos back and forth to each other on TikTok, like constantly. And that's how we text. And I have like two friends where I kind of, that's how I kind of keep in contact with them. Like I send them Mm -hmm. memes. It's really strange. And they're just friends that don't live like near me anymore, but 
but we'll talk about random stuff too but it's just kind of that's kind of how we're still in touch it's kind of strange yeah same with instagram but not so much but but also because because i'm more of a like pop culture i guess like uh someone who pays attention to pop culture i don't know like what you would call like an enthusiast so i watch a lot of uh like tv shows like water cooler tv shows like succession so obviously like i'll see things about what i'm watching and and i'll see succession memes and i have a friend who watches succession so like i send that back and forth but i think it's more of like a sharing app for me it's not so much of like an interaction app like it is with a lot of people that are like commenting and replying back to like comments that people say i'm not so much like that but i do enjoy it and i do like just kind of, I like sometimes the discourse when it comes to fashion. I like how they're, I see like Gen X fashion creators on there that I'm starting to see, which is pretty cool. Like people who are in their fifties and they're giving their own experiences about how they experience fashion in their time and younger people mm-hmm. are catching up to it. So I like that. And and today I, I wrote down some other people in like the next section of like content people that I think are really cool, but they don't have... um they don't have the same presence on YouTube. I'm, I also am a big, not a big YouTuber, but I follow a lot of creators on YouTube and it's different. It's a different kind of channel. YouTube's trying to do it with shorts, which is a minute. They're trying to create a TikTok-like platform. Uh, when you go onto your phone, it, it scrolls up like TikTok, but it doesn't have probably the strongest, I don't know, the way that TikTok is operating now is just, it's scary. And we talked about off air, like why it's scary is the reason why it's so popular is because it's the reason why every social media app is really good in the beginning. It's because they, they're figuring out the algorithm and they don't know what they're going to do with it. So they're just aggregating everything. So that's why everyone feels like I was just thinking about this. Why is it on my TikTok now? It's like, well, cause everything taps your mic. Um, everything. Yeah. That's why it happens with Instagram, which we mentioned like ages ago, I think in some podcasts, how like Instagram ads, are tailored through your microphone. That's why you talk oh, about toothpaste, sure. and then you know? Thing you know, you get an email mm-hmm. or a notification about that particular brand. Or mm-hmm. talk. I mean, it's really insane, it's, but I mean... It's insane. I think the, the way that... The reason why TikTok is more worrying, I think, to people in America, which is also strange, too, is that... Not strange. I understand why people are concerned with a foreign country having access to a lot of data in another, like, adversarial country. I mean, that makes complete sense. But also, the call, I mean, not to be, like, too, like, you know, flippant about it, but, like, the call is also coming from inside the house, too. Like, Google, Facebook, they're all in the same country, and they have your shit, too. So it's it's not, like, I think it's going to be really tough for them to police banning it on a large scale, because mm-hmm. I don't know, it's going to get more, I feel like it's TikTok's going to be more integrated in the news. It's going to definitely play a role in the next election cycle in the States and probably oh, in other sure. countries too. So I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to know how the ban will end up in Montana like six months later. Like how long will this ban last? Will it not last? Will it work? Will there be go-arounds that people can do? I, I feel like it would... Um... I, I really do think more, more states will follow. That's just you think? Prediction. Yeah, I feel like more states will want to do the same. And then eventually, like, I, I mean, I don't know, right? But I do, I can't imagine this is just the one, the one and only state that's trying this out. I feel like more states will want to do it because we know the effects or the effects of 
social media on like young kids and teenagers. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We know that it's not. I mean, um, AOC is is been so spoken about that and how it just needs to be regulated. You know, like Instagram and like not so much Facebook because that's for all people now. But but they're um, all the same company. Exactly. Yeah, it's all the same umbrella. So I I mean I do genuinely feel like it's unfortunate for like those who um are making a living out of it, but mm-hmm. I just don't see it as like a good platform in any way. Like I just don't see the benefits. I feel like obviously it's a lot to to um for some people to become really wealthy and like famous, but mm-hmm. I just don't see it as like a like a serious platform. I I just don't. I see. Yeah. I see TikTok in the same way that I see Spotify in that the reason why I really like both of those uh, platforms is the they've really managed the essence of discovery. They know how to show you something that you haven't seen before, which I think is probably the most intoxicating part of it is that you're not looking at Instagram when it's the same shit. Now you're looking at a different platform that's more to exactly what you like and a variation of what you like, not only who you're following, which is crazy because Instagram started out as like photo sharing. It was like your friends. They had the explore page, but they never managed to really like pull people from the explore page. It basically came from hashtags was kind mm-hmm. of like where you got big on Instagram. But TikTok went the other way and they went the like for you page, which is the one where you don't know. It's some people you're following, some people that are similar to who you're following. Same with what Spotify does. Like Spotify somehow has regulated their app because of all the data you've given them, because of all the listening hours you've given them. They know how to give you those release or release release radars. They have the for you mixes. Now they're broken down into decades. They're broken down into moods and they're scarily accurate. And I've found a lot of music on Spotify. So that's probably why I keep going back to it. Cause I'm like, how am I going to find new music now? Because the way that I find things has now changed. So, and this also kind of goes into like the third part of this conversation was about like the state of digital fashion and like media in general is like, I can't go to nylon. I can't go to like one magazine now and have a really honest portrayal of like a person and them telling me their experience about this or that it's all like advertisement controlled. So it's the way you're kind of getting honest criticism is on TikTok. That's where all the like honest feedback is same with Twitter because they're just regular people. Um, So I like it for that, for that reason. But I, I mean, I feel like I don't know what I'll do about the data because I feel like everything has my data. Like, I don't know how to put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know? Right. Yeah, but uh, TikTok is very specific because it's another country. Exactly. Yeah. But we already, if you've already given them your data, they have it. If you never installed it, then that's one thing. I feel like if you already, if you create a profile and you're active on it, but there are a lot of people that create a profile and they don't do anything on it. They just, like, watch videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Tons of people like that. Yeah. And then that means they know that habit. Like, they know that demographic of who watches X, Y, and Z videos. And they're going to sell it. Just like Cambridge Analytica sold that shit for the 2016 um, election. Yeah. They sold, like, Facebook data. Aggregate Facebook data. So it's just going to happen in another way. But, yeah, it is really scary. I mean, I guess, I don't know. 
how they're going to regulate it when everyone in Congress or lawmaking seems to be like upwards of 70 years old and doesn't even that whole, did you see that whole inter interaction between the CEO of TikTok and all the senators? They didn't even know how like Wi-Fi worked. <laughs> they didn't. I'm not kidding. I forgot who it was. He was like, so you're saying when I log on to my thing and what about the Wi-Fi? That means you're tapping into my home Wi-Fi. Oh, and I was like, I'm not kidding. Everyone can look it up. Like, that's the thing is AOC is completely right. But like, she's by far the youngest person that's in there. She's by the only far. young person. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, a few, but yeah. But that's why we're not going to get regulation because A, they don't understand it. And it's probably making money somehow. How is, what is the rules for Apple to even have it in the app store? Like, they probably can get around that. And same with Android. It has to be like, oh no, we can't use your data in X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, no. Every, if you look in terms of service in every major app, you're fucked. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, it's I mean, nuts. but it's just, I get that that's coming from another country that you're not sure of where this data is going, who's getting it. Who it's being third partied, you know, like that happens in all data, but okay, Russia, I don't know, possibly just... or anyone really. I mean, we don't even know. It could be people even in your own country buying it back about elections, you know, all this can be happening internally too. Um, but then you're also dealing with a foreign entity to get that information. You know what I mean? Like it's all just, it's super dark, but yeah, I do feel for people who have made a kind of living or like carved out a niche on the platform. I think the next step, which seems to be cool, which I'm trying to, I haven't, I'm in the middle of writing, but I think people are going to go back to blog format. Hmm. Um, Substack is another thing that's, that's big. That uh, is too. really big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think people are going back to like, you've created, I think a really smart thing to do is create an audience on a platform, but everyone has to kind of realize that those platforms could go away. And if those mm -hmm. platforms go away tomorrow, like you see what happens when Twitter's down for two hours or Instagram's down or YouTube or whatever, that affects your bottom line. People are now starting to shift their, their media into their own websites. Like back when people used to have a website, everyone had a website, everyone knew how to create one. Now if you can host your own shit, then you don't need a third party to be, you know, like your reason for, um, you know, right. making money, which I hope happens. Yeah, so I know. I don't, I don't really know. I just can't see it. Yeah. I mean, I can't see it now because it's so easy to just jump on a platform and make the money. You know, like, why would mm. you spend all this time doing it the other way? But maybe the next generation, not the Z, but the next one, because they're the ones that are, like, younger that will have to, like, they might be more cautious of, of uh, social media. You just don't know. I feel like the, I Gen, the Gen Z yeah. group is still really young. So I guess, you know, they're still, like, teenagers and stuff like that. But I guess the next group, I feel like they might be the opposite. They could be anti like social media like i guess we just don't know yeah but i feel like that might be like a small percentage i don't think that would be probably not yeah because they see how popular it is you just think about like i just don't want to say anything really mean but what am i gonna have to edit it out no, <laughs> what i just is feel it? like we are all sheeps, really, and like most of the population is dumb that is the true so like yeah that's anywhere. we all fall for like whatever it's happening so like Yes, it might be like a small, just like there is a small percentage of activists, you know, like young, mm -hmm. uh, like Greta, for example, but she's mm -hmm. a minority. That is not how most kids think. No. So this is why I don't, I feel like social media will always be popular in some form or another, do you know? 
Yeah, it's true. People still want to... Now I feel like people don't just want to conform to the mainstream. They want to conform just within their niche, like, artists. They still want to be, like, that person that they admire. Like, even though they're not an actor, they're, like, a content creator or, like, an influencer or something like that. Which which is so weird. It's so It is really weird. I just feel like we did see this with, with Instagram. Not so much with Facebook, but how like everyone wanted to just be famous and like mm-hmm. they wanted to be influencers or whatever and and youtube yeah and obviously i feel like tiktok has been the most effective at doing that for people do you know so and it happened during the pandemic it happened during like, the pandemic that was a literal uh crazy moment in time that feels like it's light years away now that we're kind of not that far removed from it, but it just feels a while ago. But when everyone had your undivided attention in your house and there was nothing to fucking do, like, it's a perfect storm, right. you know? I just feel like for me, like, the bigger pro- uh, the bigger issue for me is like, okay, we are wasting so much time on these platforms because we are, because they are highly addictive and mm-hmm. we, even if we feel like we don't care about, like, oh, I don't care about TikTok that much or Instagram. If you actually count the hours that you're on it, just scrolling, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is such a huge waste of time, and you're not actually doing anything productive. And the other thing is, like, it, it's like it's encouraging young people to, like, cut corners in life because they feel like they can just become tiktok famous mm-hmm. for doing like something silly you know what i mean or dressing up or doing funny videos or whatever mm-hmm. i just feel like this is like the bigger issue for me like what is it going to look like in 15 years from now are we going to have like anyone wanting to be a doctor are we going to have a shortage of i mean we already have yeah i was gonna say i think it's already starting because to most happen kids, like when their parents ask them you know, what do you want to do? They're like, I want to be famous. I want to be a TikTok celebrity. I want to be like, yeah. a, like a travel influencer. Like, Go somewhere for free, I, I wear like free clothes. In that sense, I feel like that's the way that it's affected us the most. Like the fact that it's changed the like aspirations. Yeah, you know, that, that's true. Of like younger kids. I, I mean, I feel like as a 30 year old, you're like, okay, I'm not just going to quit my job to, to try to pursue this thing. You you still can think, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if you're like 12, these are like the things that you're looking up to. And that's what not you everyone, see. But yeah. That's I just what find you see. that really sad. Yeah, it is really sad. You know, like what happened to like studying or like wanting to do something like, I don't know, something actually that's beneficial, like, to the world like i want to be a scientist i want to be a model i want to be an influencer i want to be i just i feel like it's just very depressing but yeah i mean it definitely it definitely is especially when you think of what people i mean this happens a lot in just in general with this happened in uh or not happened they talked about it in a polyester uh zine uh podcast episode and they were talking about um how people like don't want to grow up like how there were all these movies that there were fashion journalists right so like devil wears Mm -hmm. prada like everybody wanted to work in a magazine 
That was like the thing. Either one was like a record label, a magazine. I'm trying to think of like things that when I was like 20, like what would be my ideal job? I'd be like, I want to work with bands. I want to work in like a magazine where I get to like go to all these cool things and write about it or talk about it or whatever it was. That was kind of the thing, you know, like that's kind of like what you wanted to work, like be around culture essentially. Mm -hmm. But now record labels don't really exist. Everyone puts their own music out. I mean, it's different. Magazines, as we'll get into, are essentially, like, dwindling. So it's kind of like... It, yeah, it's it's really weird. And, and now it kind of becomes like... it. Well, Instagram was becoming like this, uh, you know, bragging rights. That's how it was. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, look at this cool shit I bought. And then we talked about it before. How YouTube is like hauls, and that's fast fashion hauls, which is now mm-hmm. causing fast fashion to explode because people are making money on TikTok or YouTube or whatever and being like, look at all this fucking cheap shit I got for 40 bucks. So it's like that, and that's our fault as consumers for buying into that. And then it's all our fault as viewers for giving people that attention that shows that, oh, we want to see you buy a whole bunch of cheap shit that's going to fall apart in a week that you're not even going to wear. You're just going to show it once, and then we're, like, supposed yeah. to like this, you know? like I mean, I guess the only other way that this could flip is if instead of using the platform to, like, post dumb content, you actually use it, like, for an educational purpose. Like, mm-hmm. talk about sustainability, show people, like... I think that will be a, like a cool, interesting thing to happen. You know that is that does happen. I was gonna uh, some of the creators I'll shout out shout out are very much like that. They're like the educational um, younger like kids who are doing this kind of like exploration of fashion in a really critical way and going back into archives and kind of studying. And you you honestly, one girl that I follow, she's super cool. Uh, I'll get into her like profile later. Her like name is that adult, but everyone calls her professor because she does like legit video essays. Like it's like going to a class when you, when you watch her videos, they're super detailed. Now she's doing long form video essays on YouTube. And that is what I really like about TikTok is that's, that's the kind of content that I like. And she has some personal style, but now she's really like studying. Like you Mm -hmm. see her in fashion libraries going through, uh, you know, archives of different designers. So it's really cool how they're learning about it through the old printed media which doesn't exist now. It's like, how are kids in 15 years going to learn about fashion now? Because they don't even have anything tangible to look at. Hmm. Not really. I mean... Well, not tangible, but everything is in a digital form, so... But what if it folds? That's the thing. How many websites have folded where that's it? Like, the website is gone. And, you know, how can you reference some archived articles that may not have been in print form? There will there'll just be a chance that that could happen. You just never yeah, know. Yeah, I feel like for that particular type of news, it would always be on, like, a major, like, newspaper platform or specific, like, non-profit, like, organization or something like that. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe but... for regular news, but for fashion, I don't know. I'm not sure. If, if somehow, like, let's just say somehow, like, Condé Nast, like, shut down. This is talking about, like, 20, 30 years in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And... There And I think I mentioned before how... I think we were talking on the phone because I don't remember being on the podcast. We were talking about how Vanity Fair has 
has this new uh, subscription thing where it's like eight dollars and you yeah, have access to their entire. It was the it. phone, right? Mm-hmm. You have access to their entire archive, which is amazing. Which I was like, wait a minute, how come these fashion publications have not done yeah, that? I would pay. I would pay. If I had access to like every single like let's just say nylon, that's my favorite. Every single one for like five dollars a month. Every single one I could go through on my iPad or whatever the fuck, and and look through it. Like that is I don't understand why that hasn't happened with major publications. But see, they don't even know if people would even want that. That's the thing. Well, I mean, I'm shocked that it's Vanity Fair out of yeah any other because I mean that one kind of sucks, but. Obviously, it's good articles, I guess. It'd be for, like, interviews and things like that. It's not great for you and I, but I'm sure there's, like, you know, a huge market for it. And I don't know. I feel like maybe we just don't know about it, but they're working on it. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, like Vogue and, like, ID and, like... They should. They are working on that, you know? They should be. I mean, that's a way... Yeah. That's a way to, like, educate and to kind of keep what they're doing living on, you know? Um, right exactly god well and in in a detour i just have to say we are not new york girlies and we were not at the chloe 70 closet sale of the century but I've, it's been nuts on tiktok and i i just looked up some hauls did you see it did you see um any of the like videos on it or yeah, anything yeah it's really funny so like i saw when she first posted it like a few mm-hmm. days before the he actually happened and i was like so frustrated because <laughs> i was like this is not even something i feel like texting my friends about because i can't be there and it's just like really painful um but i have friends texting me and being like posting about it on instagram kind of like look what know. i got well or what they didn't get because it was crazy oh yeah i heard yeah so what did you see was there just madness i have some tiktok videos i'll put up on fashion grunge when i post this so you can see the um i saw that a lot of people just couldn't get exactly like things that they wanted because there were so many people fighting over the same kind of thing but um people queue for hours and apparently it was all the way around the corner Mm -hmm. but I mean, it definitely did sound like the sale of the, of century. the century in New York, which is really funny because at the same time this was happening in the U.S., um, Dover Street Market mm-hmm. had their archive sale. We're talking about like 70% off in like... Like, like Comme des Garçons, like Garçons. So, yeah. Like, I mean... This actually was also like apparently like mayhem, you know. Yeah, I saw a dazed article about it. Um, and I, I mean, I love everything about it. I love that it was, of course, in print works. Yeah, and... the club. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know from you, from you talking about I it. No. Yeah, which is massive. So I really just can't imagine like how much stock they had because this is like a huge building. I mean, You're like game. dying because you were just there. I know. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if I had known, I'm not joking, I would have planned my trip around these things, you know what I mean? This is totally worth it. Um, But yeah, I just find it so interesting that Chloe is doing one, you know, her archive in in New York, and then there is this amazing, um, like, cell, too, in in London, you know? Yeah. I mean, just think about that, like, 70% of Comme des Garçons, or like... Miyaki. I mean, it's just crazy. 
It's insane. And it's cool that now I think more people are starting to, at least some of the fashion people, I don't know how we'll get to regular people, but they're starting to understand the importance of buying vintage and mm-hmm. buying like secondhand or even like sample sales or things like that because the new shit is just not that good. I just love a sample sale. I don't think I can express enough how much I love and I miss that um, about living in London because you have access to so many brands and they always like sample sales, you know? Yeah, it's super cool. I, I do not enjoy a sample sale because I'm not sample size, so fuck sample sales. But <laughs> I have been to like the Barney's warehouse sales and shit like that, um, which, you know, I've gotten like a few random things from, but... But yeah, I'm I'm like a it like I'm I'm part of like the fashion the I'm part of the the group that like the fashion industry generally um is just discriminated against cuz I can never get mm. things on sale because there are two things in my size. So Yeah, but you can get accessories and shoes. Yes, I can, but why do I have to why is that my like pennant no, like you know like why is I that know. my like oh but you could choose an accessory yeah exactly <laughs> yeah why is that my consolation prize I should just yeah you know, I should be able to have access to whatever but oh, even like I someone know. like Chloe 70 I'm like that's great but like no one can fucking wear this but people who are her size I well I I thought that like looking at the um the girls in the yeah gym, that's another like, thing yeah but the thing is she's been in different sizes throughout her life She's, I think she she's really, been a max, like a size six. I don't think she's ever been more than the 90s, that. But she's also been bigger at times. Not, you know, not much bigger, but um, I, yeah. I mean, I just think... Uh, Her shit's custom, two. too. Most of the shit she has is, like, fitted. I think. Mm. Some of her stuff is. Or tailored, at the very well, least. I mean, to be fair, I think I you would. could even just buy things just for, um, like, as a collectible. You know, yeah, accessories, like, yes. Like, someone uh, said they got their Chloe book signed. I'd probably go there to get, like, a DVD really signed cool. yeah, or something like there. that. How amazing is Yeah, that? that's another thing. I would just go to meet her and be like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care about her, like, shoes or handbags. I just want to, like, meet her. <laughs> like, I just want to be like, oh, my God, hey, what's up? <laughs> I love you. So, I think it was really cool. I, I kind of liked seeing that in real time because I was really curious, like, oh, what's it going to be like when people start posting all their their hauls of what they got because it was cool to like live vicariously through these people who went because I was like I'm not standing in line for three hours like that that could not be me like because then when you get there it would be I don't mind that I'm so used to it really satisfaction that you get from queuing for hours and then finally going in and seeing everything and just running to get stuff it's like such a like an adrenaline um like hi do you know what i mean oh wow okay well i i have not ex- i've yeah that's something i haven't experienced nor i'm not for or against but i guess i don't have that reaction to it but i get it i totally get it that's cool yeah i uh, worked on on like a few sample cells in my life oh god and it was so cool like i i used to work for like this group called cloud 21 and they basically um, own the franchises for like Giorgio Armani, Luella, oh, um, cool. like Neil Barrett, I don't know, like the Versace, like I don't know, different brands, right? So they will fill an entire warehouse with clothes, shoes, and accessories. That's insane. And it was so fun that I would leave with two massive or three sometimes, like rubbish bags you know like the yeah. black ones full of clothes oh wow just like 
there's nothing more accelerating than like shopping, like <laughs> buying things that you love and things that are so unique or like old, you know, like, I don't know, like a 90s Giorgio Armani blazer that is like beautifully caught. I mean, it's just... I it think is, yeah. it's it's really cool. I mean, I, I think that like, yeah, I think that that part, I've, I've never been able to enjoy that part of fashion because I've never fit in anything like that. So I think for me, it's always been admired from afar, but I always know that I can never wear that. So it just, I don't have the same like mm-hmm. connection, I guess. So that's why I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, that's probably why I really like shoes. It's probably why I like, I really like bags. I really like other shit i guess most likely mm-hmm. or just yeah that's why oh, i just yeah. wear regular no, I, shit I but yeah it's it's super cool though i love to see everything that she's selling and everything that she's like wearing and, and especially if it's actually something that's photographed like some people have been putting together like this is the brooch that she wore in this picture and then they're showing yeah, the picture like that's cool like, yeah i like that uh, really famous pieces from like shows or um some of, of the collections she designed for like um opening ceremony that would be cool yeah like that kind of stuff is super cool so it's like yeah it's really neat i wish someone like i wish they would just have more and i think wait i think her didn't the money go to like a go somewhere like the I proceeds i, I feel like i read something like it was going somewhere like she wasn't someone was like is she selling this to like like for money i was like no i think it's going to charity i was like but i'm not 100 percent oh, sure that's really cool i was thinking you know she's selling all this to make room for new stuff <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking like she can't keep all this stuff i mean she must have a like storage lockers full of stuff um I'm sure she had everything <sighs> in storage units you know yeah it's just so crazy like it's just really really crazy i love that um there's one girl gabrielle richardson she's on tiktok i'll post her tiktok but she did a really funny meme that was like there are two open doors one's mother's day and the other one's the chloe 70 sale and it's like everyone <laughs> going to to the chloe 70 sale it was really funny so i was like oh my god that's that's hilarious but yeah i think it's really cool i'll post some of my favorites that i've seen around and yeah i think it was a really cool like internet fashion moment that people kind of got to got to enjoy together um let's see my other uh, do you have any other like uh pop pop culture news or i have the vice filing for chapter 11 i mean that's pretty shocking yeah but then you want to talk about publications in the third chapter yes i do yeah that was just my like news and then my other news thing was that uh let's see there's a new helmet lang director peter doe I have that too. Yeah, what I'm do you glad. think about that? Because then we can also uh, talk of, about Cruise. Talk about Gucci. Yeah, um, I have Cruise. Yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I love that he is being appointed creative director. I actually think he is like the best person for the job. Yeah, right he's cool. I'm excited to see when is his. Is it going to be spring? Or that was September, I mean? Like, spring collection? Is that going to be his first? I actually don't. It can't be September because that's too soon. Oh, that is pretty soon, yeah. Maybe Um, next... uh, Probably spring next... Next fall. Like, next February, which is, like, the fall. Yeah, I do remember um, reading about, like, when he's going to see if I... I saw some people that were, like, not into it. They were like, just close the brand. His will be spring 2024. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. All right, so that's next... I'm not comparing Peter though to um to the role because I don't believe in like I think that that's quite lazy but I feel like they're the same almost at the same level of like it's just really well made 
high quality pieces but they're not like trendy they're not like you know what i mean they're kind mm-hmm. of like timeless fashion in a way it's like the minimal it's like the minimalistic uh really minimal yeah, yeah. like just yeah it's just like the classic minimal type brands it reminds me of like what you see with um like some kind of like the Dior homme when Eddie was doing it and you kind of have that like not gothic but it's like just the basics like it's just like another version of like timeless classic things which will always have Raph um, right, but isn't that the essence of Helmut Lang? Yeah, it? that's the thing. That's why I don't get why people... I've seen some people say, why is he doing it? Just close the brand. I was like, what? Oh, why? No, yeah, I've awful. seen people say that. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why. I mean, I feel like people forget. Yes, it is an older brand. As in, like, you know... I mean, not older, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they haven't really had, like, a huge revamp throughout they the They tried years, but, to. But people... I hope people acknowledge like some of the cre- like the incredible stuff that that he did, you know. Yeah. Like not in recent years, but he was kind of like revolutionary in like some sense, you know, in fashion. But I guess younger people probably don't know much about it. Yeah, I don't know how old they were, but I just saw different comments online and stuff. But people didn't like it, and I was pretty. I I thought it was a good idea. That's why I was gonna get your take on it. Yeah, so no, I, I have it here. It's like my first. I have like TikTok, then Peter Doe, and then Gucci. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's move into cruise collections. Uh, let's talk Gucci first, then I have some notes on Chanel. So that Gucci was in Seoul this year, the yes. cruise collection. So Amazing can you ex- venue. Oh, yeah, no, the venue was dope. Um, but can you explain to me, I have a big thing, what is the point of cruise seasons now? I understand, like... What what was the point of this oh, cruise season? Well, it's not really a point. They just want to. It's just to make money. It's just what it comes down to. Do you remember when we used to have back in the day? We only had like two collections. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's like okay, well, the world is going to shit. The planet, climate change. But then, hey, let's just have four seasons now. You know. <laughs> let's have cruise and which is. The thing is, I want to know about cruise is like, what is it? What kind of clothes are they supposed to be? Isn't it supposed to be vacation? It's supposed to be transitional. So then, what the fuck was this Gucci show? Well, I mean, the thing is, it was winter. It's like, again, I feel like the in house team did an amazing job considering the circumstances for the previous collection, you know, the one they designed. Yeah, we like that one. Like Mm -hmm. a homage to like, a bit the of Alessandro Michele and uh, Tom Ford, and you could see like a bit of everyone, I suppose. But this one felt very disjointed mm-hmm. in a way that the previous one didn't mm-hmm. feel as much. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly and, what I wrote all over the and place. And also, it also feels very Alessandro Michele. Like, it oh. just feels like I feel like you, you, you see what I'm saying? It's I thought I wrote down it's very like fifth element. I saw some like fifth element sci fi kind of vibes that I thought was strange. Yeah. Um and like what hackers if... and like mm-hmm. weird shit like yeah, that. Sure. That was like what I took from it. Yeah. Yeah, very much like nineties like hackers, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um I don't know, I just feel like I see a lot of Alessandro M- Michele in this. What's he doing now? Do we know yet? No, no, yeah. 
I mean, obviously, a part of that is the styling. And I like some single pieces, but I feel like it's just so random. And Is it still yeah, Suzanne? I, Suzanne Kohler? She still... I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised because this looks very much like her, her vibe. Her you know? styling, yeah, yeah. Um, I like some single pieces, but there, it's just very weird. Like... <laughs> It was really fucking weird. Not weird, but you know what I mean? Like, some looks look like it could be Balenciaga, for example. Oh, like, God. Debna. And then it, it's just weird to me. But, I mean, I guess they did their best, you know? I don't... This is why I don't want to be too harsh, because I feel like it's such a huge task to to design a collection, you know, without, like, a creative director, I think. They're in a, a tough spot, so yeah, it is true that it's not. I mean, obviously we got Sora Choi opening, who I fucking love. So she yeah, just looks badass sure. and I mean, everything. They, and the venue is inc- uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, Sabato de Sarno, the next group director, will start for the next one. And isn't it Peter Hawkins? I read. Is that no, right? His oh okay. Sabato de Sarno. Oh okay. Oh, you just said that. Oh, I don't know why I read Peter Hawkins. I don't know who that mm. is. In some articles, someone said Peter maybe it could Hawkins, be like but... accessories because sometimes they have different. Oh, maybe for like, you know. Oh yeah, I see now. Sabato de Sarno. Yeah, where did I don't know where Peter Hawkins went. I wrote that down from some article I was reading. Um, okay, also let's talk about what the fuck was going on over at Chanel. Yes. Oh my my first note is that it took place at the Paramount Studios in LA, which I happen to think is kind of sort of crossing the writer's strike. Even though in the article that mm. I read said that they made it very clear that they had booked this venue before and that it technically wasn't quote unquote breaking the line by having it there. But I thought that was a little weird <laughs> that you had it there, especially when this is going on. And now SAG, the actors are now voting to see if they're going to strike. How? I mean, I don't know. I like to believe that it was a coincidence, but it is a bit weird because what do they gain from doing it there? What yeah, I don't get why it was there. Was it like supposed to be about the movies? Is that what the theme was? Like, I don't think that was the theme. I don't think they knew what the no, theme no, was the either. No, no, the theme wasn't that. I mean... <sighs> what did you let think? Me, let me... Yeah, I'm trying to find... To see if I see like anything about like the theme or concept, but... They're really into, like, L.A., which are, are Parisians, like, into L.A.? I heard that when I was living there. Yeah, so it's really funny you say that because <laughs> I I don't know for sure I can say this as a general rule, but mm-hmm. my French, um, um, I suppose, yeah, a few of my French friends do kind of fantasize L.A. Yeah. It's very much like the whole, like, Think about it. it. It's not really like rocket science because like Paris is such a like old architecture, gray. Rainy. You know, yes, you get really great summers, but it's just very short and it's really hot and no one has air conditioned because they're like old buildings, you mm-hmm. know. So LA is like a total dream. It's like sunny all year round. It's, Hollywood. Um, it's the beach, very different from like the city of Paris, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a contrast. But I had a friend, I have a friend, like one of my best friends. I work in LA on a freelance um, for six months, basically. She's a creative director. She loved it. She was like, I love this. I love how everyone is into healthy stuff and you can get like smoothies delivered at work. And like, oh, in LA, she means, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. 
and you can just go to your like pilates like around the corner because it's just everyone here is into like fitness and just like looking beautiful so she liked that and then i have another friend who actually moved there as well um because they were like oh how can we leave the la dream let me move my degree there or like my phd actually so i can like get the best of both worlds you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's just a contrast i i don't i can't tell you a lot of french people do love paris but um if you think about some artists especially like german and french from like the 80s like they love la as well like it's just a different world to them you know compared to like where they grew up yeah yeah i mean i get it you know who loved la and he's not Parisian, but he actually kind of lived between like Berlin, Paris, and then LA. Um, Helen Newton. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Loved LA. Loved. He's just like spent six six months uh, per year in LA. He was just like, I love this like movies kind of like world, like it's a completely different universe. Like you can't compare LA to anything else. I, I guess. It's true. It is really true, yeah. When I first went there, when I was just going to visit, I think I went in, like, 2000, like, March of 08 or something like that. I went out there for the first time, and I was, like... I went, I went to three different cities in California because I've been obsessed with it since I was, like, 15. So I went to San Fran first. Um, was there for, like, a little over a week and then went to L.A. for a week and a half and then went to San Diego because I was, like, I really want to move here and I want to see, like, the three different major cities um and then california is just like a crazy state because it's so big and so much of the coastline and everything san francisco felt very much like new york which is where i was living which is cool i really liked it but then i went to la and i was like oh my god this feels like another country where everyone just speaks the same language as you but it's everything is totally different like Mm -hmm. everything is totally different and you're just like how is this the same place? It's just so different from the East Coast. It's completely different. So I totally get it. And then once I started, you know, moved out there and I was like, you know, working and doing like the regular shit and I was just driving on the freeway. As most people know, I love to drive. So I don't mind traffic doesn't bother me that much. It did bother me when I was living there and I had like four hours of traffic. But once I got to lived in a more manageable (laughs) area near to where my job was, I didn't have as much traffic, but I liked it because I like listening to music and like whatever. So I didn't really have a problem with it. But but you also like driving. But I, I do. See how that would be hell. For, oh, like, totally. I can to a hundred percent understand. For, like yeah. my partner, for example. Oh yeah, I don't think he could do it. I don't think he could live place. in LA because of the amount of driving. Like no, if you exactly. don't like to drive, I just don't think it's a good city for you to live in. It's just that's kind of how it is. But um. But in general, sometimes I would just, you know, be in traffic and I'd be on the 10 or like whatever freeway and I would look up and see like the mountains and see the water and I'd be like, fuck, this is like a postcard. Hmm. Like, no wonder people want to live here, you know? Like, I kind of couldn't believe it when I was living there almost the entire time I was there. I was like, wow, this is so crazy that I live here, that this is normal. This amazing weather is all the time. Like, everyone just seems so happy all the time. Well, I can... Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. I totally get it. I worked for a French company, and then that's when I kind of found out that I had no idea that people in Paris and people in France and in general were just obsessed with LA. Like, I just didn't know. know. I figured that out when I worked there. Well, the funny thing is, is, like, London is very similar to Paris, but... You don't have English people, like, being crazy about, like, LA. No, no, but in Paris, for sure. I just don't really... Yeah... 
they were like super into it. It was so crazy. I was like, oh my god. I was like, wow, all right, that's cool. I mean, I get it. I get it. That's cool. Um, let's see. Another interesting note I had was apparently Angelina Jolie is starting wait, a fashion. We didn't bus- really talk about the show. Oh, sorry. Wait, uh, I was looking at. I did it out of order. Sorry. Oh yes, Chanel, Paramount. What did you think? What did you think about the clothes? Oh no, horrible. Like I literally <laughs> watched that show, being like, oh, okay, another disappointment. Like. I just I want Chanel to have a total like like a three hundred sixty degree like change. Yeah, what, what do I mean? you think? What yeah, what what do you want to see from them? I just I'm sick of seeing tweets. I mean, it's just like tweets reworked, you know, in different styles, different cuts, but it's very much like the same. Like I mean, this is literally some of these looks, for example, if you just take away the leg warmers that are also like what the hell like leg warmers like and the ugly shoes it's still chanel like it's this tweed suit that they do and like the um like overlay like chains and or necklaces uh-huh yeah you know the gold I mean? the black and gold okay yeah they added a t-shirt here they added like the leg warmers they added it's bad like, like who's a hideous tracksuit yeah like, i wrote that satin. oh god um fabric and it's like a bummer with the matching bottoms and, and literally Karl Lagerfeld said that he would rather die than wear yes, sweatpants he literally yeah. said that he I was, was so like <laughs> I was like he made some really insane statements during his lifetime Jeez. I know another thing we didn't talk about how the Met Gala was in you know whatever like you know his tribute or whatever which I was like lame I know, and I can't remember. I really wish I made a note of it, but it it literally happened as the Met Gala happened. Someone, either probably not a model, but a famous artist, like some musician, said she refused to go because she didn't believe with what the man stood for. Yeah. Let's not forget, he really encouraged that. He used to be really cruel about like bigger women, like bigger size. You and know, he like... was bigger. Well, yeah, but then he lost all the weight. You know? I know, but still, I mean, Someone he who was wasn't bigger. inclusive. He was slightly racist, uh-huh. um, and wanted everyone to be like anorexic looking. You know, so that was her way of protesting, being like, "Why are we celebrating this man who had like fucked up views on, you know?" Yeah, on like society. Well, like women, you know? Yeah. But, and, and now I have to say, the one positive I have to say about the Chanel show is that they had a good diverse range of models. They did. Which Carl would never have. No. So exactly. that is one thing that I do have to say that That's just, is good. I mean, okay, yes, but how many be, they had like two actually models that were not even big, but like chubby. Yeah, bigger I mean? than like sample size. Yeah, but I'm looking at the photos now. Is at least not all the models are sticks though. Like you, mm-hmm. all of the models look like they're like healthy weights. Like they don't look yeah. like even the girls who are smaller don't look like how they have looked in the past. Let's put it that right, way, where exactly. it's been like very extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is true. Um, yeah, I so that's like, that's good. I hated the co- like pieces on their own. They were just boring, and the styling was terrible. Yeah. This is like 80s, but no, like I think. At least Saint Laurent does eighties really well, you know, mm-hmm. and Celine. But these was just like a hot mess. These gold pants. Who's doing this? Do we know? Pants. Who is the I re- director? I thought that it was his niece, but I could be wrong. 
That's all I wrote. I wrote, I wrote, looks like Contempo casual hippie boho thrift store. I was like, who's over there? <laughs> like, who's who's manning the ship over there? Because it doesn't look like anyone is. It looks very, no, like, all I, over the place. That's the last... Yeah, I know. Silly, I didn't look up. But last, last thing I heard was, um, you know, that it was his niece. But... Oh, that's weird. Crazy. Um, okay, well, my, my next one was that Angelina is apparently starting a fashion business. I thought that was interesting because she's not really known as a fashion icon. Even in the 90s, she was just like, she was a personality. I never knew, I never looked up to her as like, oh, what she wears is like so cool. You know, she's always like a personality. So I think that's kind of weird. So we'll see what happens with that. Supposed to be called Atelier Jolie. Supposed to have like the consumer has input on the designs, but also helping women in like underserved communities are somehow involved too. So I'm. I'm yeah, I'm kind of fuzzy so on how that's that, gonna that's work. The, what I like about it, um, mm-hmm. because I she is the opposite of Wynette Paltrow. You know, she's just not trying to just build an empire. Oh, for to... rich women, which she could, exactly. yeah, which she easily could, yeah. But that's yeah, true. I, I thought that was surprising, actually. Yeah. Um, fashion. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, she's not like Chloe Sevigny. You know what I mean? She's not like an actress that we also know as a fashion girl. You know, she's basically just an actress. That's that's what I know her from. Um, and then my last note, which I thought was interesting, um, before we get on to just like a few current trends and stuff, is that Johnny Depp signed a $20 million contract with Dior. I cannot believe Can that. you believe that? It's just incredible. I mean, again, I feel really bad about not taking his side, but not believing anything Amber said. I also uh, wrote, that was my note, the t- has the tide turned on him? Because... I also feel the same way. I was listening, not listening, but listening to like an old episode or like posting it somewhere or whatever. And I was like, shit, it was right when the trial was happening. And it was like, obviously when you're in something, you don't, you can't have hindsight about it. But now that it's been a year and we see what, where he's gone and where Amber's gone, I think she's like living in Spain kind of with her kid, totally separate, not kind of getting involved. Now it's can and Johnny Depp got some standing ovation for a movie that looks like utter shit. I saw the trailer. Oh my god! And he's been making all these statements. Like he did a he did a review or something that said like, um, you know, I don't need Hollywood. Like I don't. I have no use for it anymore. So it's kind of nuts. Okay, back to Johnny Depp with Dior. So yeah, what do you think about this twenty million dollar shit that he's got now? Sadly, what, you know, the pattern that we've always seen throughout history that men, I mean, at the end of the day, the public believe him or like, not maybe not the public, but uh, companies, you know, like they stood by him. So why is he getting this deal? I know. And he, he, I just like, I just mentioned that he's at Cannes right now and he is doing all these interviews where people are like, Someone asked him, like, oh, do you think Hollywood turned on you? Or, like, do you think Hollywood, like, left you? And he was like, well, I don't have any use for Hollywood anymore. I was like, who is this person? Right. And also, I feel like even if, like, you don't want to be... I'm sorry, but, like, the assumption is Dior obviously believes Johnny Depp. Yeah. Because clearly. if you didn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't want this person to be the face of the new whatever, you know, campaign. So... Mm-hmm. Or have a deal with this person. So like, it's just sad. Like I, I feel terrible because I I did believe him as well, and I just 
I think I just didn't believe anything Amber said because mm-hmm. she didn't seem like believable at all. But at the end, I, w- I was like, well, it has to be 50-50 because I can't believe that he's just totally innocent, you know? No, yeah, that's the thing. I, and he also used his familiarity to his advantage. He used the exactly. fact that we, like most of us yeah. in life, have grown up with his film. So we have a different kind of relation and, like, quote-unquote connection to him than we do an actress that is not that popular. I just don't think he should be praised. I think, like, rewarded, actually. Because no. Because it seems like a reward, you know? $20 million when he literally has had, like allegedly issues on like you know getting to sets on time and like doing basic work that actors are required so it's like it's not like everything was fine and like why are you not just booking movies it's maybe because i don't know like he booked the movie in france you know and i and the woman that he different market and yeah he also said the woman who did the movie is like anti me too Mm. um so it's like it kind of plays into like different i guess like what they right, believe but also and stuff we've like seen that. we've seen other film. Well, I mean, he's an actor, but we've seen filmmakers, you know, like career ending in America because they were, uh, like, um, what's his name? Polanski. Pol- thank you. Yeah. But then they moved to France and they're still very successful and they still work. You know. And so- actors still work with him. Like other, um, like Adrian Brody was in The Pianist. I, I mean, like know. all that shit happened like in the seventies, eighties that he left. So actors are still working it's with Roman like Polanski. It's a world over there. I feel like. Yeah. Was- America is it's just different. Um, people it's are true. more like not political, but you know what I mean, like. Everything is like take a stance with what we believe is right. Or... Yeah, it's true. But there, um, I feel like people really separate like art versus like art. For from... like the artist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be interested to see what happens. To see what happens in the future. But yeah, that, that's kind of crazy that he's doing with Dior again. But now I feel like on like Twitter and some social media before I saw all this pro Johnny stuff. And now I'm seeing like more of a shift where it's half and half, where people are now kind of being like, oh, maybe we're too, we were too hasty, maybe we like, oh, you know, have second thoughts on it. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, cool. All right. So I just have uh, the next section: current trends. I don't have any current trends, um, but yeah. Do you have any like you know what you're into right now as far as like what you see in fashion and like or any content creators that you're into? I definitely don't like any content creators. A few that I liked before just kind of let me down. Uh-oh. And I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to mention their names because I don't think that's very nice. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's just like my personal. Why, okay, now what do you think about them? How did your stance on them change? Like what what did they change about their content that you just started to not respond I to? I just feel like if they started with like really cool content. And like, like honest, more honest fashion, original content. More honest, but then it just became it turned very negative for me, and just kind of boring as well. Like I don't, I don't need to see someone styling a dress in four different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're really expensive two thousand dollar dress that I can't really, that I have no access that I have no access to. Do you know what I mean? And they're like ten years younger, and and I think it's different, like. That's what I was saying earlier. I think if I was in stylist and I like fashion, I would probably enjoy um, styling like content creators. You know, like you know, like people that are like how to style 
like uh the short little black dress you know mm-hmm. um or people that customize things I, I can see how that's kind of like fun and interesting you know mm-hmm. but obviously I, I don't need to do that like I have my own ideas and you know I don't feel like picking up fashion advice from like other people yeah that's cool though that but, makes that makes sense but no there isn't anyone that I I just find like the things that I've seen obviously I'm not on TikTok anymore but the you know the the brief time that I was in it like <laughs> I didn't really see anything that interesting like I saw people giving lectures about things yeah it's, it felt like it feels very preachy um, and it also felt like one person started doing a video in one way and then other people will follow and it just be the same thing. Like, you know, people stand in the corner and they will be wearing an outfit and then a, <laughs> an, another outfit with the next click or like... they. Turn oh, I see. Then, the transitions. Yeah. It's just like boring. I don't... This is why I didn't want to do anything in there because I was like, I think it's really hard to be original because yeah, even if you is. come up with something new, it will be copied by like all the users in here and it just won't be... This is why everyone looks the same, in my opinion. Everyone is doing the same thing. I just find... I just... Yeah, I think it's worse for like creativity, to be honest. It's kind of true. It, I feel like it may apply to people who are on the peripheral i think you're right like people who are just kind of fans who don't have that critical eye and Mm. and they're just they're just like doing you know whatever they're doing they work in like a different industry completely like they work in science or something you know and they're just into fashion then you can kind of see why it's cool but when you're surrounded by it and yeah i get that and you have your own and maybe i am too critical and maybe because i work in fashion and like you know this is why i live in kind of I, I yeah no kind of <laughs> no kind of but not content creation but oh yeah like, yeah not content creation no styling stuff i just find yeah i don't maybe i'm just too harsh you know with or like critical of like what other people are doing that is definitely possible <laughs> well and you just started in a different way like you started when this media didn't exist and mm. there was no there was no one telling you how to do something like we didn't have youtube there was no like informative video. We had no, we had nothing. You that's why that's why I feel like magazines are still so important to me even though I know that they're not as quote unquote relevant, but there's something about the creativity and expressivity of like having a print photo that like lives mm-hmm. instead of something that you forget. I watch a video which might be great but 30 minutes later I've forgotten about it. Um yeah. it's not something I can keep going back to with the same kind of like effect i guess which is why i like books a lot and i mean the thing is we don't even have trends anymore even though you still have collections and that used to sort of set the trends for the Mm -hmm. next season right it's like anything goes there isn't even if the i mean the fashion industry is still very successful and they're still making millions but more now people people are consuming but there isn't there 
they're not trends. You know what I mean? They're like micro trends. They last like five minutes. They make shit up. Like that was my thing is I went through TikTok just to see if there are any weird micro trends. I will call out the Depop uh, TikTok because it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. It is? And yes, because there's this little section that's like trending and there are only four things. But the first thing that got on my, the first thing that got on my nerves, I'll call this out because I don't care. This is my opinion. Is grunge sleaze. Get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out out of my face don't add another genre of music to sleaze i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear about pop sleaze i don't want to hear about grunge sleaze rap sleaze no like that's just me being old and crotchety so no i don't like that but they have four and it was grunge sleaze was the first one the next one was sirenscape i was like what the fuck is that mermaid shit (laughs) like what is that sea punk is that sea punk is that what we're doing i don't even know then the third one was skater style. Real fucking original because that shit's oh been God, around and hasn't around changed like, at all. Yeah. And they're like really cool workman shirts with like baggy khakis and, you know, really retro. I was like, that shit has not gone anywhere. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, and then the last one was retro sport, which was kind of like a new one I've been seeing out is like bloke, the bloke culture. Like the sweatsuits, mm-hmm. like in England mm-hmm. and shit. So that's a new one. I think Bella Hadid has been wearing that kind of stuff. Those Adidas tracksuits, the Balenciaga Adidas tracksuit thing. So that bloke culture is coming back. The soccer shirts, um, or like the football shirts, and yeah. like mm-hmm. all that. Like the girls are starting to wear oversized that, so, you know, baggy pants and Adidas and stuff. But they are sub, but it's like everything lasts five minutes. When yeah. You think about it. It's like then in two weeks from now, this. I don't know, magazines are, like, showcasing something else, right? Like, low-rise jeans with cutouts. Y2K, that's still kind of sticking around, even though it's awful. Like, I think the Y2K of now is so different than what actual Y2K was. That Mm. actual Y2K was awful. Like, it was was embarrassing. It was not flattering or, like, cool. I never even liked it when I was, you know, what my first time round like <laughs> no i thought i looked fucking crazy but i guess you know i was trying to fit in i guess i mean i don't know i i didn't well, you i mean i guess i was that age and that's like, true yeah yes like we were what 14 15 yeah yeah i mean i definitely did fall for the freaking cargo pants in white those, yeah. and they were like diesel completely <laughs> see-through very not see-through like rave it was like rave yes like rave they had huge cargo pockets they were baggy they were on the the ufos low rise and i wear them with like a little crop super sexy like turquoise top like like a tank top but like like a knitted one and i would have like my diesel platforms i mean it's like a hot mess it's horrible (laughs) like um (laughs) it's so funny uh i i have to say i was definitely into like really like horribly sized pants super large the like jinkos that like all down to the ground like the baby tee with like a rainbow bright raver on it and like the bangles i definitely had like a denim skirt um i definitely had those tights that were cut off at like the calf basically because mary kate olsen wore them so i think if we're gonna talk about like sleeves and boho sleeves or whatever the fuck it is i mean i don't know i think it's just kind of crazy the grunge sleeves of it all was just nuts another one i thought was really funny was there's this new one that i've been seeing which is like celestial whimsy goth 
Have you seen that? It's like the I craft. Have, I have. And practical magic and like moons and suns on everything on like t-shirts, on skirts, on curtains. It's like another little I just subset. I like it. It's weird. I'm telling you, there's nothing I, I see that I'm like, this is cute or cool. You know, I mean, the only thing that I... I mean, this is not really a trend. I mean, it's definitely going to be a trend, but it's more like a co- like a collection. I love uh, the hot pants moment that Miu Miu had on the fall on the fall twenty three show. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Like I'm obsessed, and yes, it is not for everyone. <laughs> and but I love the idea of having like, you know, like sheer stockings with like hot pants, and just go out with like a neat like a sweater and a, and a blazer. Yeah, no, it is really cool. I like that. So I can't wait for that, but... um, You're not really really, a trend shopper, though. There isn't anything. Even if you want to buy a jacket, it's like, okay. Just buy the jacket. Anything goes. You could get a bomber, you could get an oversized blazer, still pretty much on trend. Like, you could get a stray jacket, like... You know what I mean? Yeah, That's, that's true. It's nothing really cute. I, I just tried to revamp my existing wardrobe and obviously shoes and bags, that's obviously fine. You can always buy those because um, you, you find new things when it yeah. comes to accessories for some reason. Oh, yeah. The, I love, like, jewelry. I mean, I love, like, looking at things like that that are always new and, like, new creators and, and new designers. Yes, I mean, I sunglasses. hate how expensive they are, but... I am and will forever be obsessed with like Lueve sunglasses. They're like always. How much in are my... they? They're like four hundred um, oh. dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, they're a lot. But they're like really statement, you know. Mm-hmm. And the colors are f- incredible. They always have like yellow, pink, blue, but it's just a lot. But yeah, are they the ones um... that make the puffy ones? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. I-, I used to spend a lot on sunglasses. Like I used to have like a lot. A lot of credit card debt thankfully i don't now but i used to really spend like crazy like when i was in my 20s and i used when i <laughs> this is so lame when i first got contacts because i wore i wear glasses but i've been wearing glasses until i was like 19 so when i first got contacts i was like the one thing i always was so jealous was people got to wear sunglasses i had to wear prescription ones so i was like oh. man i really want contacts so i can wear like a whole bunch of different glasses so i bought so many cheap ones at first then i started like really splurging and i had like a lot of chanel sunglasses i mean i would spend like four hundred dollars 350 like i had the jeremy scott linda farrow ones i had like some really cool i have still have some so cool uh, really cool supreme oakley's um like a oh, supreme cool. oakley co- uh, collab but i used, used to spend a lot i sold them thankfully got them back i used to buy like tons of mark jacobs i had the mark jacobs aviator glasses that in like three different colors like silver, white, and navy. Like I was obsessed with those aviators. I even bought like two pairs um, of one because I broke them. I was just obsessed with sunglasses because I couldn't wear them for so long. So, but exactly. now it's like the opposite. Now I there's this this uh, sunglass brand Desi, um, D E Z I, and it's super cool and it's not an ad at all. But all their shits under a hundred dollars and it's so well made. And I have this blue pair that I just love. Yeah, those um, are really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. Telling me about. Yeah, yeah, they're super cool, and I have like a bunch of other things I want to get from them. But now I feel like you can get really cool sunglasses for not crazy prices. When back in the day you kind of couldn't. It was <laughs> like you true. you had only cheap or like designer. Like that was kind of yeah. like the only range. But now you kind of have a lot of mid range and like really cool 
things. Yeah. So yeah, I can I can relate to that too. I my oh, I'm obsessed with sunglasses and like collecting them. So I do have like a lot of like really cool expensive ones. Like I had like the original, the first not the first pair ever made, but the first um ever collection of Ray Bans. Oh, cool! And they have like it's really weird like the the thing that goes uh, on your ears but it goes around it it kind of like holds. oh it curls it curls yeah. yeah um i have like chloe ones like vintage from the 70s i mean yeah like it's just like you uh, you know obsessed but you know like what is actually my thing now that i i feel like it just reflects my age what like i just find like nothing more satisfying than investing in a nice piece of jewelry like and i i'm telling you this is because i'm getting older because like before i wouldn't care about spending like a lot on a dress or jacket but i feel like jewelry is like time like you'll always have that and it's never gonna be out of style do you know what i mean that's true i feel that way about bags that's why i spend more than the average person on handbags because i'm Uh, like this is like I'm obsessed with jewelry, like obsessed with like, yeah, I definitely don't want to say how much I spent on like this one necklace that I have that if you look at it, you will never think it's expensive. Oh, wow. It just looks like, yeah, it doesn't look like anything. (laughs) Um, And this other ring that I, a few rings that I have and it's, I just feel like they're still like they part of your style and they will last forever and it's just timeless you know what i, was, I mean i was gonna say jewelry i feel like is one of those things that i also really like jewelry and i'm attached to jewelry and i feel like it has a different i definitely understand spending a lot of money on jewelry because it has such a personal connection because it's something that's exactly. always on you exactly. no matter what you're wearing it's not even like shoes i could wear the same shoes all the time but jewelry is like like i have a three finger ring that i always wear you always and wear that people ring. now and most people that know me like know me from that ring or even like i had a photo of my hands doing something and my friend was like i could tell that was your hand because that's the ring you always wear on your left finger like you can like that becomes part of you so i definitely feel like my rings and stuff are something that's part of me so i definitely understand spending a lot of money on jewelry i definitely don't yeah. see a problem with that i mean i used to buy cheap more like cheap stuff when i was like in my 20s you know mm-hmm. but i do think this is combo with age like i'm like why would i buy a like a cheap piece of jewelry i mean there's some stuff like the carry like kind of like sex in the city like carry oh like um, the necklace, necklace and stuff yeah i used to have one with my name nothing like that one completely different um and it was cheap but it, i just I wore it all the time and I used to wear like 10 different necklaces always like all like like you know. stacked yeah, yeah like the small mm-hmm. ones stacked that's the thing too jewelry is very sentimental it is totally yeah it there is. is this one necklace that I have from my it belonged to my grandmother and she got it from her mom so we're talking oh, about wow. like 19, like a 1920s piece and it's gold you know Oh, cool. And it's a cross. And I'm obviously not religious like that, but people always think, oh, it's a cross. I'm like, no, this actually just is my, my great-grandma. So, like, it's just sentimental value, you know, for me. Yeah. Like, that has a lot of sentiment. of Jewelry is the most sentimental because that's totally. what's passed down because it lasts. Exactly. I mean, it, it can stand centuries. 
I mean, that's why yeah. we still have, you know, jewelry museums and things like that. It doesn't have to be kept like clothes has, had clothing has to be kept, you know, like really like temperature controlled, you know, like it could disintegrate, like some old fabric can disintegrate. So yeah, it is something that's really timeless is, is jewels and jewelry. I like it. I think it's cool. Mm. Um, my little list of content creators, just because I just wanted to highlight a few. You have a lot. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to highlight all of them, but I will put, like, one of their videos that I like on the website when I post oh, yeah, this that's cool. so that people can see all the, like, different videos I'm referencing. But um, these are on TikTok. Melody Note Vintage, super cool Gen Xer. She runs a vintage shop, and she has really cool fashion, like, criticism and commentary on, like, new, like, Gen Z fashion. She also grew up in, not grew up, but, like, was right around the time of grunge in Seattle in the late 80s. And she was doing a record label and she saw a lot oh, of the yeah. bands that I really love. So she's actually very fucking cool. Like, I, I actually really love her her uh, commentary. Then there's that adult. Her name is Ryan. I think I talked about her earlier. She has, like, really cool conceptual kind of commentary on different archive collections. So that's really cool. And then there's Relax It's Only Fashion. And that's by this stylist, Timothy, I think it's Cher, Chernave. I'm not sure how to say his last mm-hmm. name. He's about our age, maybe, like around so he like is seasoned at it he's not a younger person and he also did a really cool video about how the difference of the Olsen twins how they dress in their personal style versus the row and how they design which was an interesting Mm, video so so yeah there are a few that I like that are more commentary structured and I see them on my library TikTok algorithm versus Mm. my podcast one so I kind of like that I have two different accounts that have two different algorithms going because one's more like of a fashion criticism one which is like the publishing and the magazines because I guess I interact with those posts more and then on the other one is like the movies and like reality tv and like whatever bullshit that I I watch yeah so that's really cool um so yeah I'll add I'll add little clips in of the tiktoks and there's another one on youtube jasmina tv which is kind of cool they did a really cool tiktok on like old chloe 70 archive and just did like a fashion flashback so i like their fashion flashback segments where they go into older like style of celebrities and stuff so that's really cool but yeah there's just a few and then uh yeah let's get into uh magazines and like what's going on i was talking about vice's Filed for bankruptcy. They've actually taken a, a creditor on now. So someone is... Someone's riding a motorcycle outside, too. So I, that's, I that's fucking cool. It's like a dirt bike. It's really annoying. So that's happening. Apparently, no disruptions happening at the publications as of yet. But I think I mentioned they've already shut down regional issues, which is what Polyester Podcast said. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah, what do you think? Episode. Yeah, what do you think? You think this oh. is... Uh, so, you know, we talked about this before and you said that you believe that it's, there's always going to be a niche and there's always going to be people that want magazines. So there might be like like a small demand for them, you know, mm-hmm. but I actually disagree. I uh, just yeah, think, I think I think you're right. <laughs> I just don't see it's not not about like um having like a small group of people who always be interested. Of course, there always be people like you, you and I, right? Who yeah. Who loves magazines, but... It's just, it's simply not enough to keep a business going. You mm-hmm. know, like, think about how many publications have gone digital. Like, yeah, like solely digital. And it's not even just, obviously, the fact that people, they're not selling, like, print. It's just really expensive. Mm-hmm. And before, it used to shift. All those units used to shift. But those magazines not selling, it's just like, um, 
it's just it, it doesn't monetize it's pretty they're pretty losing money and and i just feel like in 10 years even from now like that generation they just don't care about having a book or holding a magazine do you know what i mean because they, they will not nothing but digital like that's true it's, I, it's like think about like libraries you know mm-hmm. i mean yes we still have some libraries but do you know anyone who goes to the library to do research? No. Exactly. It's just, it becomes, a pra- it's just like practicality, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's so much that people don't like having a magazine. It's just, it's easier to access, like, to read an article, the newspaper online, or to, um, do you know what I mean? I mean, I used to love it when days was... um just days online you know it was like a blog or like website or whatever it was so cool and I used to like wake up on Sunday morning and I used to just do that I'm like it's yes you can have a magazine and I still love the magazine right in particular like days but you access all the kind of information online like there's just more do you know what I mean and you have a playlist and like new artists will be showcased every week and news and I don't know like fashion stories and stuff so I, I just don't think that medium is going to make it which is is heartbreaking but it's so sad because and yes you might have people like I st- we still know we we're talking about a few of them who some of them are famous and they started their own publication but also yes you might have some people with money who can just do this as a hobby because it's a passion like a vanity project but it's not gonna last they might just do it for like a few years you know and eventually you just be like okay you just can't really subsidize the cost of this just for fun do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah because like magazines are struggling it's just not it's not yeah i mean even when i left london it already was like tough you know and a lot of magazines just like kind of closed and like it's just sad it's really sad that I think that yeah that some are closing but then I also have two minds of it because when you go into like Casa magazines or something for instance in New York City there's still a fuck ton of magazines out there like they do but not all of them are new no, but still, there's still that are some that are pretty recent. Yeah, no, for sure. Like they, we, they I think it's bad. Well. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad in the sense of like the larger ones. But I feel like there are a lot more like independent niche ones that are just happening, and maybe people are willing to put the money into it. And sometimes there'll be, uh, I I think that what should happen or what it's gonna have to shift to. I wrote down also. This is interesting that I saw on, I believe it was id's website that it said it had a quote in the middle of one of the the home pages and it says we're fans not critics and i thought that was an interesting quote for them to have on their magazine because that kind of ties in also with an article that i read in interview magazine which is robin given talking about the state of fashion criticism and how mm-hmm. fashion criticism doesn't exist the way it did because the way it used to exist, people wanted an honest opinion. Now all the honest opinions are on TikTok, but they're also more honest. Like you can't find, I think Amy O'Dell is another one that was on the Style Zeitgeist podcast who has a sub stack. So I subscribed to hers and she was talking about how it's hard to find any criticism of the Chanel runway show in mainstream media. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's like the same thing that 
we talked about when Balenciaga mm-hmm. had that show and no yeah. one was like there to criticize, including theys. You know, they were criticizing yeah. Debna, and we were like, it's. I mean, it's just that industry is so fucked up. Even like the alternative magazines, because they all. Um, they kind need of part- the ad. They need the ad dollars. Yeah, they they can't. They're still part of this little club. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess it doesn't reflect well on them, or it will like affect their partnerships or relationships with um other platforms or like designers. Just like the same with Gucci when they when he did um when Alessandro Michel did that annoying tribute quote-unquote whatever to like kubrick do you know mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah yeah and i was like no like, one is slagging this off no one is saying how like the lack of creativity and he has to go and remake what a film like a fa- really iconic uh film directors did this is not this is a replica it's this costume a yeah it's but like no one costume. talked about it no one no one i know that's because they're all in bed with them. And it exactly. didn't used to be like that. You used to have like critics who would actually say, we did not like this, X, Y, and Z. But now I have down here, like, I read, like, dazed ID and high snobiety kind of. Those I check for, like, just the culture. Like, just mm-hmm. the temperature of, like, what's going on right now. Like, what's coming out that's new. What's, you know, whatever like that. But I don't re- I don't read it for criticism. And I think, like, I think what's best now is that there's some really good long form comment interview or content interview magazine has a lot of really good interviews, like long form interviews. Mm -hmm. Those are things that you can't really get online. Like it's something that you have to sit and read. You could actually read it in paper, but you can read it online too. But uh, I think that's kind of the level because Vogue now I consider like Cosmo. Like Vogue is just like silly. I know. Yeah. See, I mean, I have never gone to, to work for like interviews or articles but yeah like but you, it used I to be really, respected it used to be it used to be back in the day do you know yeah if, if anything it was like um the first publication that will have like interesting articles about like issues that no one was talking about you know yeah like, and the i 40s and, and 50s. yeah that was like also, that was just where people got their news you know there was no you know it was either radio or or print you know, like, or television was not really there yet, but, but it was, that's where you kind of got your news. So that's where you, that's the only place you could go. And now I feel like it now is going into Substack. Like I was talking about like Amy O'Dell as a Substack. There are a lot of fashion writers that have Substacks. There's Puck News. Um, there's a journalist who has one in Puck News, but that costs money. Now, the only thing now is that it seems like it's really easy if you want to go and support your individual people, like, we hope you're supporting this podcast mm-hmm. but but we can see that it would get expensive if you're just running around supporting 10 different creators independently that's really great a long time ago those 10 people might be on a diverse staff of a magazine and you would just buy that one publication and you would get all this range of opinions of news of what people wanted to write about cultural happenings whatever and now it seems like we've heard from on the grapevine that now magazines are publishing or getting rid of their main staff paper got laid off which is crazy mm-hmm. that no one really saw that coming at least i didn't see it completely shutting down coming i saw maybe like layoffs but not completely shutting down because they always have like cover interviews that are always pretty you know people talk about and photo shoots that people always talk about 
and pretty insightful writing paper does and it's like a new york institution kind of yeah um so that was pretty shocking uh but but just to even think like they don't have any it's all just contributors which means they pay them less they're all freelancers there's no like or at all yeah they're not there are no staff writers that are there all the time doing that not in all these magazines and stuff so that's what we we really miss out on which really fucking sucks and another thing which i think is kind of crazy and i don't know if it's been answered before or whatever i have two like points about two final points about this but why how come id dazed and interview magazine don't have a consistent culture-based podcast I, I do not understand this. You say days. Who else? ID? ID has a podcast. Is it consistent? Because I follow them on YouTube and they barely update. And it's very yeah, it's not lame. consistent. It's not like every, you know. Every week. Every week or every two weeks. But when when it's, when it's the episodes are out, they're amazing. I love the ID podcast, actually. It's, then I don't know why they don't kind of shift that into making into making that like another aspect of what they do you know what i mean like yeah because the magazine is failing not failing but you know what i mean like why don't they make that into like another avenue where people are listening because podcasts are extremely interesting and they have the range to be able to get interviews with whoever uh they can do video content they can make an audio i don't understand why it's not more of a consistent thing this is all yeah right it's quite hard to make money still even in podcasting like think about like the top podcasts out there they're like about something completely different they're they're like relationships i don't know run like i mean i hate that guy but you know joe rogan and stuff it's just a very different like topic i just don't see how they could really monetize that. I think it could have been a good avenue to go down. I mean, we're not talking now. I'm talking like 2017. I'm talking like they should have mm. jumped on it because they have name recognition. Like, they, these are already institutions. They're not a brand new person that we're expected to just listen to. Like, these are already recognizable names. It's just like Vogue having a podcast that was consistent. Like, BOF. You know, like, mm-hmm. they already have a name, so they just create a more of a dialogue, which gets people more interested in it. I know The Face has, like, random episodes, but I always wonder yeah. why it didn't just turn into... Because the thing is, if you have enough listeners, you can monetize with advertisements. So people are able to monetize. Like Right. Yeah, and I they would have a built-in, I mean, you know, fan I base, I think. I just don't think they saw it. I don't think they saw it coming. I yeah, think I think that's probably it, too. They, you know, like, because for the longest time, we had like print you know and, and video they shift they pivoted to video that's they yeah that's i guess what they I guess made they, there you know everyone is on instagram and I, some of them are on tiktok but um yeah i you know i feel like thinking about this like yeah iv days and actually for me document they have really good articles and interviews so for me, that that's like yes, I love to see the fashion, but you you know you get like really incredible interviews that you're not gonna find elsewhere. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they won't post that online. But I was thinking, who has successfully done? And I can see that because she's just like fucking. I mean, sorry, but she's a visionary, and I'm actually using the word. Oh, correctly. Gwyneth. No. <laughs> oh God, no, no. I think that. Um, Oh my god, I blanked with her last name, Katie Grant. 
Katie oh, yeah. Grant, you know, she's so smart. You know, she as you know, like she's they love very successfully and that she's doing perfect, but she's doing it right. Like she's printing perfect in a book format. It's mm-hmm. like a book. So that I find more sustainable than magazines, like monthly magazines, because it's like Oh yeah. You need to do what two issues a year. Let's just say that, right? So you print two issues a year, hard cop like hard like a book mm-hmm. with tons of pages and like really cool, amazing, like uh like visual like not visuals but um like imagery, right? Mm-hmm. Like and that's a book that is it's not longer a magazine. That's what so, a lot of things are now. Purple is like that. Self service. Self service is like that. Is like that. Really, so those are the only I mean perfect I, I just can see like she's always ahead of everything. Do you know what I mean? CR book. CR fashion CR book is book, like yeah. that. So yeah, there are a few that are like you, that. You still want to like be creative and make some kind of uh, money I suppose then she's not it. making money with that there's no way she's not but she could be in the future I feel like I have more faith in her and like going a different direction that makes sense and and still kind of like keeping the magazine do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah it's true it's just gonna have to be more like thought out content that can live in print that won't be dated and all the stuff that's dated it used to be the opposite like it was kind of they the magazines were printed like three months before they actually came out. So mm-hmm. they would actually know things before the public. So they could tell you what new clothes were going to come to Nordstrom, whatever, in like three months. So then they would have that layout. And then by the time it comes to the stands, then you can go in the store and buy it. But now it's like things happen on Twitter. Like this is available right now. Buy it right here. Like this is the link. Buy it right here. So yeah. now it's like you get these really good interviews in these books, which is is really mm-hmm. cool that you get like you know socio socioeconomical, um, you know maybe like interviews or exposes or things about like the prolonged uh, like war in Ukraine. Like you might have a profile on someone there. The things that can live you know five years from now, and you could still mm-hmm. go back and read it. You know things like that. So it's true. It, it helps also editors are going to have to change their like discernment, like what they print versus what they put online. And maybe that will change. Maybe people will kind of get more in depth and spend more time, you know, making things in print, which would be interesting. Um, And my last note, which was a sad note is the demise of MTV news. (gasps) MTV news has shut down after what? 36, 37 years. Insane, and a complete. Well, we saw it coming. We saw, we it, saw coming. it coming, but it didn't have to be this way. And John Norris is one of the VJs. He was on some news program. I forgot. I'll link it because I saw it on TikTok. And he was talking about how just disappointed he is. He left the network, I think, in like '08 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he could see it then. And he's like, the thing is, is that because MTV News dropped the ball and really went headfirst into like reality programming, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what. And they dropped music a while ago. They dropped music in, like, the early 2000s, I think, to really focus on, like, reality programming. And that's, I guess, what was making them ad dollars. But he was saying, you know, it's a real shame because the void that MTV News left when it was starting to go away is how Vice came up. 
It's yeah. how Vice, you know, exactly. there was a new place that you could get alternative, not alternative news, but like alternative news, you know, like news that wasn't just mainstream. So, and then he said, you know, they really dropped the ball because especially now more than ever, there are a lot of issues that MTV News would be covering. Like he was listing all these things. He was like, Black Lives Matter, trans rights. Like MTV News would have been on the front lines of all of that in the 90s. They were on the in front of like the abortion um, discussion. They were choose or lose, 92, 94, you know, the rock the vote, like politics. Like they got young people involved in things. And he's like, that could have happened. Like if they had had really kept the brand true to what it was and kept the people engaged, it could have lived on TikTok. There's no reason why it couldn't exist. There really is no reason why MTV News did, couldn't I, exist right they now. They just needed to shift mm-hmm. and just transition. They lose, why lose such a huge platform? But when it comes to like that kind of money, I feel like people just, uh, it, it must have been such a gradual, painful, yeah. um, declined that they were just like done with it you know what i mean they just didn't even see like a transition possible or they didn't want to take any time or money to invest yeah you know what i mean they could have kept it was like one day i feel like there were just no more vjs but he felt so he felt like he, he, he has died he had died a while a long time ago well they had yeah like, they had decided to kill it i yeah, think yeah like what like why are they not doing this they could be doing so much like interesting stuff but mm-hmm. yeah it's really sad it's like i think the legacy and the, the just what it meant and and that it's ended this way it's kind of tragic it's but. really tragic that we've lost like so many like people were talking about kurt loader the fact that like that's how people found out kurt cobain died i mean that's how you found out these monumental things in music and culture um you know, more than, like, it wasn't just politics. It, but it also was politics. So it got people really interested in things. You had artists speaking out. All those mm-hmm. MTV interviews of, like, oh, you know, like All the interviews, crazy. all the videos. Like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's like my childhood. It's yeah. Like, not even my childhood, but into my, you know. Like, like young like, adult life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I can, I, I have so many memories, and they're all, like, to do with, like, MTV or... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember finding out about, like, not finding out, but I remember how MTV was after 9-11, where they played all of these music videos because the country was just, like, in such shock mm-hmm. that they just it turned into the music video channel again when it hadn't been for a while. Yeah. Um, so they really, and also they missed the ball too, dropping, having, like, they could have had a radio station. They could have put all those VJs in radio shows. Or podcasting or what, whatever, like, was the media at the time. But, like, all of the talent just went away. They could have broken new talent. We always found out new VJs. You know, we always, like, new people would come on every now and again. So, like, they could have broken new talent. It is very sad what their legacy became. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I feel like it's fair to say that it's so much easier to look back at what true. they did or they didn't, or didn't do. Um, I feel like when you're in it and, like, 10 years ago when or whenever this that was starting to like like um, fade a little bit i think it's really hard when you're in it like i don't blame them for not really realizing i feel like it's so much easier for us to like look back and be like oh they could have done that and that do you know what i mean and we don't actually know what happened there could have been people who were screaming do this do that and higher ups were just like no 
Like this mm. is what's making money, and we don't want to do it. So that's or just true. No one saw. No one saw it. Like no one knew how to react to you know. Yeah, or they don't know how to like change it. I mean, it takes. Yeah, it yeah. takes a, a person to really know. Maybe there was just no one there who really was pushing for it or they didn't want to do it. Yeah, we just don't know, but it just really sucks. I just, I wish that it was still a I thing, know. you know? I mean, but... literally, one of my earliest memories, and I think I honestly had to be four, four years old, and I remember so clearly waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning with my parents and like watching Michael Jackson's iconic videos like Thriller and Bad, you know, on yeah, MTV. Yeah, they were playing and, on MTV. And it was like family time and we'd be singing along out we'd be watching the twenty minute long videos, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it sucks. Like, it's a moment in time. Definitely. Yeah, it's a moment in time that unfortunately is Another thing that just happens when you get older, especially even now because of technology, just things move so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. They just move faster than than you really think. You know, things just change every day. So it's true. But but yeah, I mean, uh, do you have any other final words, final thoughts? Yeah, we didn't talk about our favorite magazines growing up. I feel like we should just name a few. Yeah, what are some of yours? Um, what did you read? Okay, I'll, I can tell you. Because I was not into like what is it 17 or whatever mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that <laughs> um i so yeah i must confess as a young girl knowing that i went to the fashion from age five mm-hmm. like i did like like vogue because that was kind of like the main thing that you grew up with you know because your mom buys it or whatever mm-hmm. so as a little girl i definitely had vogue and i was like you know fantasized about working for Vogue or whatever um but then in the 90s I got ID days numero oh yeah do you you say numero or numero do do people even say that no I just heard numero I don't actually hear anyone talk about it I just see it written so no one here talks about it I've never actually heard anyone say it out loud I love that and ID I mean you know ID like was that has been around since the 80s, but days, and I think Numero from the 90s. Actually, Numero might be older. Um, but I have to say, like, most of the stuff that I really read and I bought, like, religiously was, like, music magazines. It was, yeah. like, Q Magazine and NME. Oh, cool. And I have every cover that, like, Radiohead was in, or, like, Oasis, um... Yeah, any any every time I saw like Tom York in a cover, I would buy that. But <laughs> it, it was just so cool. It was just like really cool, like interviews with like um, music interviews, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, but cool. yeah, I like fashion, but I definitely think I spend more more money and time on um, music magazines. Yeah, I have to say, I bought I bought um, when I was like twelve, thirteen, or. Yeah, maybe like eleven to like thirteen ish. I bought like Bop and like Tiger Beat, and I had all those like 
posters on my wall, like Andrew Keegan and like all the like teen heartthrob. And then after I kind of grew out of that, I bought 17. I remember the first one I bought was one with Alicia Silverstone on the cover. I like this, the grocery store. She was in Clueless. It was like when Clueless was out. So it was like 95. So I grew up on like the late nineties, 17 and YM uh, was another one I used to read. And then I would also get Spin and Rolling Stone. Oh, yeah, Spin and Rolling Stone. Yeah, Sassy, I kind of read, but I think Sassy was on its way out by the time I was a teenager. Um, Because I I don't know when Sassy folded, but it was... Let me see. When did Mm -hmm. they fold? Because I don't remember reading more than, like, a few. I I wasn't... Okay, Final Issue 96. Yeah, that's why. Because right... That was 13. So right about the time I was, like, going to get into Sassy, I think I may have bought, like, one of the last ones. Mm -hmm. But I I wasn't one of the ones that I read. And then, uh, yeah, Spin and... um, Spin and Rolling Stone were, like, the big ones that I would read. Um, And then... I didn't really get into fashion until I moved to New York. So I was like 20 or like 18 or no. Yeah. Like let's say 18, 19 or something like that. So that's when I found nylon. So I found nylon like early two thousands. And that was like, as people can tell from the library account, like I would probably haven't been able to tell yet. I have so many more nylons. I have like almost every single one from like the early years. But I feel like it's definitely like, like American. Yeah, I was gonna like, say it's super even American. In the UK, definitely nylon is not gonna be a magazine that you would buy all the time. Yeah, because no, you have other ones that mm-hmm. are. Even though nylon school, it still felt a bit more commercial than like ID or days. Oh yeah, I didn't have ID. I found I think when I was like eighteen, but mm. I didn't know anyone who read it in like the nineties. Like I wasn't mm. into like. Not that I wasn't into it, but I didn't even have any friends who were into it, or it may not have been stocked, or I don't know if it just wasn't in my radar. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I just else, wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm I I'm bummed. On where yeah, you are and the access that you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And the face, I remember. I think the face in like the nineties. Oh yeah. The yeah, face the face was... was another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now it's like. There are random ones that I buy. I just recently bought this magazine called Period Zine, which is all like female photographers. That's pretty cool. Um, so there are a few new ones you like document, uh, re-edition. I love document. Yeah, those are solid. Like... Yeah, those are like big, solid magazines. They're always pretty, you know, always really good content, great editorials. And just, yeah, you know. I, I do like how creative um Con- contributor is like yeah the, I love the box you bought a few of them and I I bought one and it has that box where you like open box, it yeah, yeah cool. like that's real I love those magazines that are like that they're in a box like loose but I, I dislike where contributor has gone online a little bit like oh I don't follow them online yeah it's just not yeah I mean it's just tough I guess it's just tough we even seen the change on Instagram. Yeah. Like, all these publications had a ton of followers. Like, they were posting all the time, and they don't even do that anymore. Like, yeah, I don't. I mean, even I don't. Like, submissions go down. Yeah. People like, are just not looking online Exactly. Anymore. I don't even think people... Before, it was super hard to submit because there's such a high demand. So many, yeah. It's the case anymore. I don't... Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It's sad for like creatives, you know. Yeah, it's it really is. It's now that's why a lot of people have shifted to other mediums. Like, 
podcasting, <laughs> like doing other stuff. I mean, I would have, pod- I mean, I did like a little mini podcast in like 2007, just like with music and stuff with my friends. But, but it's like, uh, I mean, I, I think we have, we have something to say. We're pretty consistent too. We're not just talking shit just to like, you know, have something to put out and jump it on a trend. But, um, but yeah, it is interesting where some, you can just really see how different things are and I want to buy another contributor. Is their print still like really cool? I, you know, it's funny you say that because I have not seen like a copy of contributor for, for a while now. I bought, I lugged it back from New York because I'm sure, I think the shipping is something like 40 bucks to ship that right, thing. Right, but I was in big. London and I did Oh, and you didn't see one? And I was in there in September as well and... I mean, if anything, I see less magazines, you know. Now. Oh wow, yeah, I haven't been up to New York in a while, so I don't know what they're, what some are up to. Yeah, but, when yeah. was I in New York? And I brought some. It wasn't. You I were just perfect. there. Yeah. A few months no, there ago. There wasn't contribute. There, there was. I mean, Teeth doesn't do print anymore. It's just so many yeah. magazines stopped. You know, gradually. It's expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's expensive if you're not making money, and you're mm-hmm. just you know doing it for like fun and something to have. You know, I had the zine for a little while. It was cool. It's just, but you're just out of pocket. Yeah, you do it for the love of it. Yeah, you just do it for the love of it. Office Magazine is actually pretty cool. I bought my first print Office Magazine last year. Office is in New York. It's very, like, reminds me of, like, a New York-focused ID. Like, but it's hyper Mm -hmm. New York. It's very, like, cultural. Mm -hmm. Lots of different kinds of music. Lots of different writing. Lots of different... What's up? It's really cool. And then there's that that saw like or s saw, s s saw. Isn't that like Finland? I don't know. But I think yeah, it's it Finland. Like yeah, it's Acne funny. Papers, another one. But those are like collectibles. I like the collectible stuff too. Like I I will sometimes buy like one of those Acne Papers or, um, you know like, the magazine mm-hmm. from Finland or something because I just really like to have like kind of a capsule of like really intense uh like period zine is from stockholm so i like to see like the different you know what people print and what they're into mm-hmm. super cool love want is another one i buy i think i have a few love wants it's from australia oh, yeah. Yeah, i like that one yeah, yeah australia yeah. that's that really one. cool metal from what spain metal is cool and seeky yeah, yeah Siki. Siki doesn't have print anymore though no but i saw metal in london actually because obviously it's from I mean, it's not from there, but it's... But it's close a by. A lot of the contributors and artists are London and Spain. I mean, it's Europe, so... Yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have any other notes, but I... Do you? Do you have any last words? No. Nope. Final words? Yeah, I, I mean... I I had to say. <laughs> I think we said a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is a fun... This is a fun little chat. It's cool to not have to watch anything, and I can just kind of, like, talk off the cuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we'll do a music one soon, because there are a lot of really cool interviews that I'm into, and Billy Corgan talking about AI and music is interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm Have just... you seen um that, that Shainita Connor uh, documentary advertised on? No, no. I, I don't know what. Oh, I just don't know. There's, there's so many different platforms now, but I've seen it somewhere. Um, I'll check it out. Is it HBO? No, maybe Paramount or maybe Apple. I, I need to double check. Oh, but okay. I saw it and I'm kind of intrigued. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to do like a general music chat. This should be kind of fun because yeah, and include like a 
like a section or something. Yeah, like stuff that we're into. I was too young to really know what happened, but I just remember being told that she was crazy and just hearing everywhere that she was crazy. I remember that. I knew that she wasn't, but I remember people telling us that. I didn't know. I actually believed that she was crazy. Oh, no. I I think she she may have some... I think she may have some struggles, but I think it wasn't as the way that people were saying that she was. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I'm intrigued to watch that and also because I do like her and... Yeah, that should be cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Sweet. Awesome. Well, uh, follow the Patreon, send us a review, do all that fun jazz. And yeah, next week we'll be back with another 90s movie and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.